Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. My dear friend, um, Dr. Art, and uh, thank you for um, inviting me, and it's an honor to be here. Um, you may be seated. Um, I can take this off, right? <laughs> With this pandemic situation, it's, it's, it's crazy all over. But it's an honor to be with you this morning. Been praying. We're praying for West Coast Baptist College all the time. And uh, for all of you, I don't know you, but the Lord knows you. And uh, it's an honor to be here. Um, I like to begin to open our Bibles. The book of John, that's a beautiful song, that's special, wonderful song. My desire is to be a blessing to you this morning. So I hope the Lord uses this moment and this time. The book of John, please, chapter one. <clears throat> I'm glad that it doesn't matter what was taking place with the pandemic. I see the, um, the ministry here thriving and going forward. And that's what faith is all about. And, um, and that's what, you know, in circumstances like this, this is when we really need to trust God in our lives. And uh, it doesn't matter what is taking place. No circumstances would stop the divine plan of God. And, uh, and it's a wonderful thing to be in the midst of a circumstance that um, humans cannot uh, do anything but just God. And it's a wonderful um, time to be serving God and these darkness hours. Let's all stand for the reading of the word of God. John chapter 1, verse 35. I'm going to read through um, 38. <clears throat> Again, the next day after John stood and two of his disciples and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. And the, and the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following, and said unto them, What seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? As you can see, the interesting question that they asked the Lord, they didn't answer what the Lord asked. I entitled this message for this morning, The Two Most Important Questions to Be Answered as Servants of Jesus. 
And the two most important questions to be answered as servants of Jesus. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your love, for the care that you have for us in a daily basis. Thank you for the student body of this institution, the West Coast Baptist College. I pray for each uh, student. I know that everybody who's here, uh, there are great expectations, but there are a lot of uncertainties also in their lives and their future. And there are many questions. And I pray somehow that you will use uh, these scriptures and the message in their lives as you have used it in my life. I pray that you bless this time together. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Anybody who is serious to serve God and his kingdom must understand the great responsibilities that await them as they make their way to be uh, to the position in the battle against the three greatest enemies that we fight, which is the flesh, the devil, and the world. I'm sure that each of you by now had experienced already some personal battles uh, with these enemies. Since the battle will not decrease against the enemies as you serve the Lord, as actually it will intensify. You must make sure and be certain to answer these two questions. One question you need to answer is to the Lord. And the second one, it'll be to men. So in verse 38, the Lord was followed by the disciples of the, the, uh, John the Baptist. In verse 38, the Lord says, then Jesus turned and saw them following and said unto them, what seek ye? That's a beautiful question. So, these are the very first wonderful words expressed and recorded from the lips of our Savior. The very first sentence that he has spoken was recorded. So you would not forget it. I think it's a great question. It is interesting that the disciples did not answer the Lord's question, but I hope and pray that you answer the Lord's question today. I would reframe this question to you in this fashion. The, the word, the interrogative word, what, also can be apply in the Greek word who and why. Same. The same position with what. So I'm going to reframe it this way. Who, what, and why are you here? That's my question to you. And actually it's the question from the Lord 
to you personally. And I hope you can understand uh, the question and answer it. You need to answer to the Lord this question. Why is this question important for you to answer it? Let me give you at least three reasons why you must answer it. Number one, soul searching. Soul searching. You want to be honest and sincere to yourself as you search in your soul. Why are you here? Or what are you looking for? A lot of young college students flock into college life for different reasons. And I've noticed that since I have you know, several students from our church to come and join the West Coast Baptist College. And I know they, that they will come and join a college because you know, they have different reasons. It's not always what we preachers you know, expect. It's not, what, it's not always that, that way. We expect that they would you know, follow uh, the protocol per se, the spiritual protocol. You, you've been called and you, you answer to the call of the Lord, you submit to his call, and then you just follow like a, you know, an obedient lamb and just you know, follow. But it's not the case. And sometimes even within the time of being prepared, being trained, so many you know, great men of God here, training, giving their, you know, sacrificing their time, their effort to pour themselves to be a blessing to the students who are coming, who are, are being obedient to be, you know, to answer the call of the Lord. And it's a wonderful dynamic, but it's not always the case. There will be sometimes, even after graduation, young people will make different decisions after the four years, after they have graduated. And so, to me, this is very interesting, a uh, very important question to answer, because, you know, um, when I was called, I was in the middle of the second year in, in, in the college. And I was joining uh, the, the college because I wanted to learn from the Bible. I just wanted, you know, to know more about the Lord. I was raised Catholic. And uh, I never read the Bible. So I was, in my, in my second year in college, I was two years and a half being saved at that time. So to me, um, following the Lord and to do God's will is a very serious business. Very serious. Um, the conversation that we used to have with my wife, she, said, she used to say, you know, um, as we were, you know, being new parents, 
seeing our children, our first two children, uh, start growing. And uh, as a mother, you know, she will worry what's going to happen to our children, what kind of, um, uh, you know, protection and uh, material we'll give them so they can thrive in life. So she said, um, we should you know, look for a, a church so that we can join and, uh, and just you know, be good Christians, I guess. And I used to say to her, you know, I'm a Catholic. I'm going to die a Catholic. And uh, she said, OK, whatever. We're just going to go. We have to go to a church. To make a long story short, we went, the last time that I remember that I went to a Catholic church, it was, it was packed. I was holding my, one of my child and, and my wife was holding the other one. We were outside the, the building. It was packed. I said, you know, I can't hear the preacher and, you know, the, the priest. Um, I say, I'm going to sit down and, you know, I'm going to be here. And I used to say to my wife, you know, if Christianity is real and it's true, I'm afraid that I will end up being maybe a missionary or a pastor. I'm not going to be playing around if this is true. And that's why when I, I, I was saved, I came to, uh, to Lancaster Baptist Church. They, they were in the old building when we came the first time. The Spanish uh, little group, it was meeting at the gym, you know, in the uh, Lancaster uh, School. Um, and I remember there was about 40 people. I sat there. That day, I received the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. Now, there was a wonderful thing that happened that day. I received the Lord. I made the decision. And the preacher asked, if you die today, do you know for sure that you're spending, you know, uh, time in heaven? And I said, no. I, and I raised my hand. They shared the gospel with me. And then I made my decision. And since then, <clears throat> it's been a wonderful journey. Amen. And this has been almost 20, 20, 20 years ago. All right that I received the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. And you know, I'm not the greatest Christian. I'm still learning. And, um, but serving the Lord and following the Lord has been such a wonderful experience. Having said that, it's been serious too. It's a very serious matter. So, following the Lord is a very, very serious matter. So I said to my wife, I'll, I'll become then maybe a missionary or a pastor. Now here, here am I. You know, 21 years being a pastor. I remember even the, one of the teachers said, um, 
once in chapel. He, he said, don't tell me that you're a Baptist fundamental believing Christian right now. Don't tell me that you're a Baptist fundamental Bible-believing Christian in 10 years. Don't tell me that you are a Bible fundamental Christian believer, King James uh, Christian in 20 years. No, tell me when you are at least 25 years, then you tell me that you're a fundamental Bible-believing Christian. I, you know, when he used to say that, because he used to say it, now I understand it. I understand clearly what he meant. Now in the 20 year, 28 years being saved, I have, you know, known only two churches. This church, which I was, you know, born again, and then the one that I planted. It's only two churches. And by the grace of God, I can say I'm a fundamental Bible-believing Christian 20 years later. And I'm still thriving for the Lord by his grace and his enabling. Now, this is very important because, see, following the Lord Jesus Christ is a very, very serious matter. And then especially in these times, they are so unique for us to be in this time and be able to perhaps share the gospel or the knowledge of the Bible to someone who doesn't know. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Now, having said that, I have seen um, a lot of college students not fulfilling that following. All right? And that's the truth. And I'm sure that you're here to, to learn the truth and to know and to see what can you do to make it better on your journey. And that's very important. And that's why these chapels, to train you, to you know, equip you, so that you can continue and be successful in serving the Lord all the way, without backing up, without you know, going backward. So, as I was saying, a lot of young college students flock into college life for different reasons, such as being obedient to their parents, following a culture dictum or pattern, maybe just looking for a fiance, or just to leave an experience in Bible college, or maybe just looking for a job or position. Even though all the above can be good intentions, they can never replace honesty and truth, which the Lord expects from those who follow him. You can have a good intention in your heart to serve the Lord, but you must do a soul searching. Do you really want to do this? 
Do you really want to follow the Lord Jesus Christ seriously? Do you? Because there, there is, um, it's a wonderful thing to serve the Lord. I think I don't see myself doing anything else. Don't get me wrong. I live, you know, a well-off, you know, life. My desire was to become a millionaire. And the Lord allowed me to touch money and to do what I wanted to do in my dreams. You know, I come from Central America in Salvador. I came when I was 20 years old. And the opportunity that was open to me, I said, okay, this is it. And I'll make it. And, you know, the, by the grace of the Lord, he allowed me to do that. But in the middle of really concentrating and making this dream come true in my life, the Lord calls me. He said, no, I brought you here for a reason. Now you're going to serve me. And so I needed to make changes. <laughs> now I'm rich and beyond rich spiritually. And that's now that I understand about life, raising, you know, four children, being married for 36 years, I don't need anything else. This is it. This is it. The best life is to serve God. So, um, good intentions. There's a lot of people in hell with good intentions. We need to do what is right and then to challenge ourselves to do exactly what the Lord has called you to do, but with fervency, not deviating. And that's why the soul-searching element comes here. So no matter what the ministry you decide to pursue, just make sure that you seek God for what he is, not for what you expect to receive from him or his institution. Because usually, you know, you're going to graduate. There will be some, uh, you know, uh, preachers looking for your service. So they, you know, that you will come and be part of the, their church and be uh, part of the force, of the workforce, the staff. And then you're thinking about salary. You're thinking about, you know, getting some money. And, you know, of course, having been paying, you know, being paying, you know, a lot of money to get your career, I mean, to, you know, be trained to serve the Lord, obviously you expect to go and make some money to continue living and making a living. I think, you know, sometimes we get it wrong. Serving the Lord is serving the Lord regardless of the pay, regardless of the money, or regardless the package that a church might have for you. If you don't, if you don't understand that, that was something, that's something that you need to subdue to the Lord and submit it to him. Because there are, you know, churches that perhaps can afford you, all right, or according to the need that you have financially. 
but it's not always the case. And you know, there's a lot of, there, there will be always a great need in every church, but sometimes the churches don't take anyone on board because they cannot afford you. And sometimes even the need is there, the spot is there to be filled in. But because they're surprised, they always, you know, the servants of the Lord are expecting to have that they even, they don't even bother to even invite anyone to come and see if they want to be part of the work. So what I'm saying to you is that you need to be flexible in serving the Lord. When you arrive for the first time in the church, you must know that you need to pay a price also, like the preacher pay a price, the one who built that church there, so that you can understand the ministry. And I hope you understand what I'm saying. So that sacrificial element is have to be there. And so don't expect, you know, like a nice package and the, all the benefit and all the perks that you expect to receive. Be flexible in understanding. And then be even uh, willing to talk to the preacher and say, you know, I understand that, you know, um, you cannot afford me, but I'm willing to sacrifice with you. But I want to serve the Lord. I want to prove God that, yes, he has called me. I need to do this, and I want to serve him regardless. The pay and whatever you offer. Now, that's very important. You know, that will make... Um, the preacher very happy. Consider that in your heart when you are ready to go and serve the Lord. Verse 38, what ye, uh, what seek ye? So, and then the, the disciples of John they said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpret master, where dwellest thou? It's interesting. Maybe the disciples questioned the answer was given to the Lord. And that phrase, you know, by, by exposing, was expressing the, the other, you know, their question. Maybe that, that's, that was the answer the way. They said it to the Lord, meaning to say, to answer, to answer your question, Lord, what we seek, maybe what we need is to, to answer it to you, but Lord, it's going to take too long. So maybe, can we go with you where you stay, where you live at? Because this is going to take a long time. Who feels that way? You have a lot to ask the Lord, a lot to share with him from your heart.
And obviously, and this is what we see here, is really to spend some time with, the, with him because it will take time to answer you. And the Lord said, come and see. Imagine to spend a night with Jesus. Do you imagine that? That the Lord would say, come. Come with me and stay with me. I think that's the greatest invitation that we can have from the Lord. Two, you know, sentences that the Lord said, the very first sentence that he spoke and recorded. What ye seek, what seek ye? And come and see. The Lord wants to spend time with you. To spend a night with Jesus. Now that, it's a beautiful way for an effective soul searching time. So, soul searching, so important. To take, you know, some time to spend time with the Lord like this gentleman did. Now, the first reason why do you need to answer this question is self-searching. Second reason is self-doubting. Self-doubting. When you rely on self, all kinds of contradiction will surge against the divine plan God has for you. Self-doubting will search a lot of different things against your plan that God has for you. Perhaps you might ask yourself, can God really use me? That's always the question, very common question. Another question will be, would I be able to endure serving God? Another question will be, what are the odds for me to fail? And that's, you know, reasonable questions. What are the odds for me to fail? Now, when you create these questions in your mind, you are relying on your knowledge, you're re relying on your abilities, and your self-dependency. And that's, that will be a self-defeating situation. Never ask that. When you serve the Lord and when you follow Jesus Christ to serve him, you don't ask if you're capable. You don't ask that. You just submit to him. Amen. You know, the question that I was always asked is, Brother Sal, how did you make the transition from, you know, making a lot of money providing a lot of, you know, the, the right substance to your home and how you went to just by faith, living by faith. That transition, how you do it, how, yeah, you don't think. You don't think because when you start thinking, what if this, what if that, what if, that doesn't come from wisdom. It comes from your knowledge. It comes from what you know. 
It comes from the limitations that you understand about life, about material things. And you can never rely, if you're serving by faith, you can never rely on what you see and what you touch. You can't. It's a self-defeating and self-doubting. So that's the second reason why you mustn't uh, answer who, what, and why are you here. Soul-searching, self-doubting, and thirdly, self-affirmation. Self-affirmation. Now, self-affirmation is found when you look into the pages of the scriptures. Self-affirmation is not found in what you know and what you can do and the abilities that you have. That's not self-affirmation. For us, that's psychology. For us, self-affirmation is written in the Bible. And we must use the Bible to always submit to the will of God and to understand our position as servants of God. So self-affirmation is found when you look into the pages of the scriptures and the promises of God and the rich history of God's power manifested hundreds of times proving those who believe that he's able and how wonderful he is and what he can do for his children. That's self-affirmation. It's like, you know, a, a, a kid, you know, with another kid saying, you know, my dad can beat your dad. Basically, that's what it is. Self-affirmation. I have a great dad. He's more, you know, he's stronger than yours. He can beat your dad. Self-affirmation. It's what God is for you, for me, and what he promised. This is self-affirmation. If you don't have this self-affirmation in the pages of the scriptures, there's nothing out there besides the Bible that you can rely and have self-affirmation. Okay. You will never find anything. Now notice that uh, out of that staying moment of the disciples following the Lord, all right, out of that staying moment, of that moment of time, and that searching, uh, soul searching that they did with the Lord, something happened to one of the two that followed him. I want you to read verse 40. Notice, actually, let's, let's read uh, verse, uh, yeah, 40. Notice. One of the two which heard John speak, notice, followed him. All right? One of the two which heard John speak followed him. And who was out of the two? It was Andrew, the Bible says, Simon Peter's brother. And he first findeth his own brother, Simon, and said unto him, we have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. All right. That is beautiful. And the Bible says that he went to search for Peter. 
Now, did Andrew find what he was looking for? That's a good question. Did he find what he was looking for? Remember the Lord Jesus Christ turned and said, what? Segi. And the Lord said, come and see. And that night, did they spend the time? Because it was already 4 o'clock. All right, the Lord said, you know, you can stay with me. And that night, that soul searching, and that moment, that spend of that wonderful time, one of them, Andrew, found what he was looking for. And verse uh, 42, and he brought him to Jesus, and when uh, Jesus beheld him, he said, thou art Simon. Now notice, he already went straight to his brother and said, man, we have found the Messiah. And I can, you know, relay all this historical, you know, knowledge of the Hebrew people waiting for the Messiah to come. So the knowledge of that is the expectations of that. It was so needed, so you know, craved. And then they found him. Exactly. And so the Lord changed, obviously. Self-affirmation was done. Soul-searching was done. Self-doubting was, you know, done away. Now he understood. He understood that this is the Messiah. This is it. You see, when you find the Lord and you know who he is and you know for who, you know, he is, then you're done. You're ready to follow him and you're ready to do anything because that's what you're looking for. And that's who you are looking for. And then the relationship of that becomes not a religion but a relationship. And then you Doubts will be strengthened. Doubts will be taken away. You'll be a person really literally trusting God and then putting your eyes on the Lord. And then he will take you places that you've never been before. So you must ask the question, who, what, and why are you here? Now, that is for the Lord so that you can answer to the Lord. But there's another question that you need to answer. And that's the question uh, to men. And we find it in verse 19, same chapter. Notice. The Bible says, and this is the record of John when, he, uh, when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem. Um, to ask him, who art thou? So people were asking about John the Baptist, who art thou? The people are asking, who are you? All right, now notice, verse 20. And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then art thou, Elias? And he said, I am not. Art thou the prophet? And he answered, no. Then said they unto him, who art thou that we may give an answer to them that send us? 
Now, this is what I want you to ask you that you need to answer to men. The same that they asked John the Baptist. What sayest thou of thyself? What can you say about who you are? That's a great question. By the way, when you are working with people and serving people, they want to see your credentials. They want to see who you are. They want to see where you come from. What is your basis for to bring them the gospel of Christ. Where you stand with the gospel. Who are you to teach the gospel? What, you know, how do you value yourself? People would ask who you are and their credibility in order for them to follow you, the, you know, the message that you have, uh, to pay attention to the message you have, they need to know who you are. Yeah. That's why they were asking, you know, who sent you? Obviously, he was baptizing. As you know, the, the office of baptism, you know, those uh, the, uh, times it was only prophets could do that, Right? And priests, they could do that. Not just anybody. And that's why they were asking, you know, you, you baptizing people. I mean, who are you? Why are you calling yourself, you know? So that's another great question. See, we need to answer to the Lord. All right? What we are seeking, what we are here. Why are you here? You need to answer him. And then, where you're going to serve, there will be people asking who you are, where you stand. But you see, this is the great thing. Once you have answered the Lord Jesus Christ, when you answer to men, it will be very easy to answer to men because you already answered to the Lord. He's calling. And you know what... It's all about. Then when they ask you the transparency who you are, the truthful person that you are, the real Christian that you are, then they will listen to you because you already answer. And you know, when, when a person is living a true life, a true Christianity is very obvious. You don't have to say it. You don't have to, you know... Say it to the people. No, people will see it. By the way, when you are, you know, as, as you, as a soul winner, I'm sure that you know and you understand this very important element. There will be people that will follow you because of who you are and what do you represent. So you must understand what is at stake. People follow because out there, there's a great need of truth. It's a great need of truth. But you, if you are not living truth, if you're just pretending to live 
a Christian life and you are not, then you're going to hurt a lot of people. You're going to hurt a lot of people. You're going to bring your testimony can be a, de a detriment to people. Instead of being a blessing, it will be a detriment, a problem. And so you need to understand this is the seriousness that I was talking about in the introduction. It's serious to serve the Lord. And that's why we need to answer these two questions. Very simple. You answer to the Lord. Make sure that you answer that to the Lord. Why are you here? Are you here to, for a position? Are you here to search for a spouse? Are you here to just uh, have a, uh, you know, a job? Are you here just for a position? Or just, you know, be, or just to follow the protocol of the Christianity family? Or you being obedient to your parents? No, it's more than that. So you need to answer that to the Lord. And then second, answer to men. Because men will ask you about your credentials. As John the Baptist was the beginning his ministry among the Jews, there were those who questioned his credentials, his authority, and his motives in regards to the message he was preaching. Since uh, the people did not know who he was and what was he about, they made the second most important question for a man to answer, especially those who are serving God, the Lord. What sayest thou of thyself? If you can ask that yourself and look at the mirror and say, who am I? Where do I stand? I love what uh, John the Baptist said, verse 23. He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Beautiful. Are you that voice? I hope you are. He says, I am. You know why he's, he knows that he's the voice? Because he already know. He already answered the Lord. He's a prophet. He's not, he has no doubts about, you know, what his, his business is, is about. It's clear. That's why he, I'm a voice. There's no doubt. I am a voice. I'm preparing the, you know, the, the path of the Lord. And that, by the way, we are, you know, as, as the whole situation stands in the world right now, you and I, we are a voice that needs to go and take it to those places that are needed, this wonderful message. To prepare, the, you know, the way of the Lord so people can be saved and be blessed, but they must, understand, they must get this message from the real ones. There's a lot of people spreading, you know, that Jesus loves them, but they are not living according to this wonderful book. It's just pretending. There's a lot of that. 
And people in these days, they need real truth, transparency. And that's why you need to question who you are. Don't be pretending. In other words, what is really your mission? Who are you representing? Or what ground and authority is your message? And to answer to men, of course, it would be very easy because you already answered to the Lord first. So, why are you here? Who are you looking for? So I hope you can answer those two questions.